Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I just want to encourage you, um, if you haven't signed up for the men's retreat, sign up. Um, It is going to be amazing. Um, God has a plan to to get our guys. And so, yeah, go in faith. It's going to be uh, powerful. It's going to be an adventure. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So I'm so excited for that. That's coming up in December, uh, December 1st, I want to say. Second, thank you. December 2nd. Awesome. Well, good morning, good morning. Oh, it's like, where'd the first page of my notes go? I was laying on the floor. There we go. Glory. <laughs> yeah, good morning. I have, some, uh, I have some funny pics for you this morning. And so go ahead and uh, put these up. We're going we're gonna to just laugh for a minute. So uh, I, these, some of these I've been saving for a while. I've showed some of them before. And, uh, yeah, so we just get it warmed up while they're getting it ready. Ha, ha, ha. He, 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 <laughs> Carpet so clean, humans still think I'm lost. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. An apple a day keeps anyone away if you throw it hard enough. Okay, next one. I don't always bark at night, but when I do, it's for no reason. <laughs> I just love the position of the dog there. He's just, he's just relaxing. <laughs> that looks like my dog, actually. All right, next one. If you're not ready to shove chicken nuggets in the vents in your car because your kids are screaming they're too hot, then you might want to reconsider having kids. <laughs> uh, Kyle and Shiam, I don't know if you considered that before you had kids, but be prepared. I've done that. Oh, and that's hilarious. See the 55? I just saw that. The 55 in the corner? Anyway, so yeah, been there, done that. Okay, trust me on this one. If it doesn't matter how cold you get, never wear a ski mask into a bank. I know that now. (laughs) It's a bad idea. Don't do that. Okay, I think we got one more. (laughs) This is my emotional support dog after I tell him all my problems. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) we might have to bring it back later is that the last one I think it is yeah (laughs) oh man he's overwhelmed I told him my problems and just overwhelmed him (laughs) (laughs) Woo, Jesus man this is uh, this is going to be a glorious day wasn't the worship just awesome this morning so good. Yeah. Yeah, you can clap for that. So good. So good. So good. So earlier this week, Joy and I, uh, we, were at the, we were at the Bethel Leaders Network gathering in Reading, and we were just there for one day, and we flew in um, on uh, Tuesday? Was it Tuesday? No, Monday. Yeah, we flew in on Monday because the gathering was on Tuesday. And uh, we had a little trouble getting, getting there. We had some, some flight issues. Um, spirit Airlines. I think it's the wrong spirit, though. It was not the Holy Spirit. 
Um, but Southwest saved, it, saved the day. So I think they're actually partnered with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but yeah, it was interesting. So we got, I think we left on, we left around, what was it? Earlier in the day, yeah, like four, and we didn't get into Reading until two in the morning. So yeah, it was, it was a little crazy. And, uh, but Tuesday was, was awesome. Um, there was sessions uh, with Bill Johnson. Um, Bill was so amazing. He just came in and, and just said, um, you know, ask any question you want about, you know, my, my wife just passed away and ask any question you want. And I just want to um, speak to that. And it was just amazing, just the amount of just grace and wisdom that is in that man. And uh, we had sessions with uh, Chris Valentin, Steve and Wendy Backlin. And then at the end of the day, they did a, they did a fire tunnel. And uh, we're going to actually do one today at the end of the service. And in the fire tunnel, um, it was all the senior leadership team. And so I was going through, and I was getting, getting some, you know, getting, getting hit. And, um, but I was looking for Chuck Perry. I don't know, who knows who Chuck Perry is? Anybody? <laughs> yes, few. So if you don't know who he is, he's, he's now 70. He looks like he's 50. He's 70, and he's just got this long, like, like uh, silver hair and this silver beard. And uh, he just carries joy. So, like, the first time I heard him speak was, like, five years ago, and he just gets up with the mic, and he's like, <laughs> and you feel, like, the joy, like, radiating out. And I, I was getting hit when I was just listening to him. He just, he's, like, just laughing through his whole message. And you just feel, like, the joy of the Lord. So, so I'm going through the fire tunnel, and I'm, I'm getting hit. But I'm, like, wait, I'm looking for Chuck Perry. And I, I get to Chuck Perry, and we, all, we have name badges on. I don't know him personally, but he's, he saw my name badge. And he grabbed my belly, and he goes, Daniel! And it was, like... A lightning bolt. I like doubled over and was like, it was like quite embarrassing actually. I was like howling like a like laughing hyena, just like the high, super high pitched scream laugh. And I was just like uncontrollable laughing, crying laughing, like just hit me like lightning. And I'm going through the rest of the tunnel like Joy's in front of me and I'm holding on to her, the back of her shirt, just like going, going like this through the tunnel. And, and we hear people, like, saying, like, you guys are doing great. You're doing good. And I'm like, and Joy is, like, she's in front of me, and we're, like, a, a, a good couple because she's down like this, too. She's just going through like this. <laughs> and it was like this joy just hit me. It was like I was overwhelmed, and I was, like, screaming. And we come out of the fire tunnel, and I look at Joy, and I was like, Chuck Perry got me. And I'm, like, crying. I was like... <laughs> And so I was kind of, so it lasted probably like that like intense joy. It probably only lasted for around maybe 10 minutes. And honestly, I was kind of disappointed because Joy's gotten hit with joy where it lasted like 24 hours where she laughed all day long, laughed in her sleep at night, woke up laughing. So I was hoping for that. So I was honestly a little disappointed and we came home. We were only there for one day. We came home and... Uh, went through the week, and on Saturday, so on Saturday, I'm, I'm in my office, which is right there, and I'm just preparing for today, and every Saturday, we have our intercessory prayer team in the sanctuary, 
and they're just praying. And, and I want to tell you, we have an awesome intercessory prayer team. Like, powerful, powerful, powerful. And what you guys do makes such a huge difference. It really does. It really sets the atmosphere. We appreciate you guys so much. So I'm in my office, and I hear them out here, and they're, like, howling, laughing, like, loud, loudly howling, laughing. And that's not uncommon for them. <laughs> but, but it was, like, louder than normal. It was, like, and it, and it kept going. Like, sometimes there's, like, swells of laughter. And, but it, like, kept going and kept going. And I, finally, I was, like, what am I doing? I got to get out there. It's, like, I got to experience this. So, so I come out, and I'm just, you know, praying with them and stuff. And, um, you know, nobody knew about, nobody knew that I was disappointed that, you know, I only had that encounter for about 10 minutes. Um, I didn't tell anybody that. Uh, you guys are the first person to know, so just keep it to yourself. <laughs> you guys, keep it to yourself. And uh, so I'm, I'm in prayer, and Karen uh, Butler, um, she said something to the effect of, like, whatever you got at Bethel, you get to keep it. And then I was like, I got it. I was like, oh, I got it. Like, I got what I needed, and I didn't lose it. It's not loss. I got it. And as I was just thinking about, like, I was like, okay, I agree with that. I got it. And as I was just thinking, like, I've got it. I've got it. I just started thinking about that moment, and I started getting hit again. I started laughing again. I started feeling that same experience. And I could feel Probably in that moment on Saturday, more than at Bethel, I started to feel shifting happening, where it was like things are getting moved out of the way that were like needed to move, like just sadness, like depression, like things were just kind of moving, and it was like the glory was coming in and invading. Amen. So I want to tell you this morning, when you encounter his glory, it begins to shift things in you. And it's one of the ways the Bible talks about how we're transformed. You know, obviously the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we talk a lot about that. But there, another way you're transformed is by beholding him. Is by encounters, encountering God. We're transformed through encounters. And so it's not wrong to want encounters. That, that's not against the rules to, to ask for more. You know, we're not Oliver Twist, like begging for more, and, and God's ready to slap us our hand because we're asking for more. We're, we're not orphans, amen? We're sons. So it's okay to want more. It's okay to ask for more. It's okay to expect more. It's okay to pursue encounters. Totally legal. It's like God wants to pour himself out into the universe. The whole earth and the whole universe was created for his glory. That includes you. You are in the earth. You are created for glory, to receive glory, to encounter him, to be saturated by glory, for glory to be all around you, to swim in glory. You're created, the purpose you're, you're created is for his glory, to receive glory. Amen? So whatever God has given you, I just want to encourage you this morning. That was kind of a revelation. And whatever God has given you, you've got it. You've got it. Say, I've got it. 
I've got it. If you've had encounters with him, with his joy, with his peace, if you've had breakthroughs, you've got it. You haven't lost it. You still have it. You've got it. It's there. It might be covered up. It might, you might be believing some lies, and you feel like it's, it's like not at the surface where you want it to be, but you've got it. You've got it. God doesn't take back what he's given. The enemy wants to, he wants to convince you that you don't have it, that you've lost it. That's a lie. God never took it back. You've got it. Whatever you've received, you've still got it. So in the garden, Satan tried to convince Eve that she wasn't like God, but she was created in the image and in the likeness of God. She already had everything that she needed. So he tried to convince her that she didn't have something that she already had. It's like, if you do this, you'll become like God. But she already had everything she needed. She was already like God. She already had it. She had it. Do you know that Satan is less powerful than, than you are? He's less powerful than you are because he can't do anything without your agreement. So think about this. In the garden, everything was perfect. There was no evil in the world at all. Why was there no evil in the world? Because Satan didn't have any authority to bring evil into the world. He had to have agreement with a human to bring evil into the world because we're actually more powerful than he is. So all he wants is our agreement. He doesn't have power to do this and that in our life. What he wants to do is get us to come into partnership and agreement with his plans, with his will for our life. Amen? You are powerful. So I believe that God wants to shift some things in you today. And one of the ways that this happens is in the glory. So, Father, I just pray today that you are just shifting some things around in us. God, we just ask for your glory to invade. We just ask for your kingdom to come. We ask for an open heaven today. God, we're not orphans. We're sons and daughters. And we boldly ask for more, more of you, more glory, more joy, more of your goodness. I just want to declare over you, God has everything that you need. Whatever your need is today, God has it. Amen. So I want to share with you a story. And I believe that God's highlighting some specifics in, in this story that are rhema words for you today. How many need a fresh word? Anybody? God has a fresh word for you today. And I just want to prophesy, God's glory is increasing in the earth. God's glory is increasing in the earth. In the word it says, of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's increasing, it's expanding. It's here now. Say, it's here. And say, it's coming too. It's here and it's coming. It's like the robe when, when God filled the, the temple that Solomon built. 
It's like it says, the train of his robe just filled the temple. And it just, it was there, he was there, but he was also continuing to come. So God's purpose for creating the heavens and the earth was to fill the universe with his glory. Think about that. He has so much glory that it can fill the entire universe. You know, when you, like, see our universe in comparison with what we can observe as, like, like our, our solar system, our, like, where we live, in comparison with everything, it's, like, it's tiny. So God created the, this entire universe, and he created the whole universe to be filled with his glory. And you're a part of that. Yeah, God created you for glory. Numbers 14, 21 says, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. All the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. What's your role in that? Yes, Lord. Fill me, Lord. All the earth, that means like everything in it, like the animals, the trees, like, you know, because we hear that phrase, God created you for his glory, and sometimes we think that means God created me so I can do good things and bring him glory. And yes, that's true. But what if that phrase actually means God created you for his glory? Like it says, the whole earth was created for his glory. A tree can't do anything for God. It just receives his glory. An animal can't do anything, but it receives his glory. The whole earth was created for his glory. Amen? So God is looking for vessels to fill with his glory. And our job is to say, yes, Lord, come and fill me. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. Courage attracts the glory. Courage attracts the glory. I want to tell you a story from the book of Daniel. Now, this is a really dark time in Israel's history. Israel has been taken over by King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And because the Israelites... Excuse me, because the Israelites had gone away from the Lord, they'd, they'd taken their trust out of in the Lord and placed it in other gods and other things. God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to come in and to take over Jerusalem. And what happens is he takes everybody in Jerusalem and he takes them into Babylon. Now get a picture of this. This is a 500-mile journey between Jerusalem and Babylon. Babylon is actually modern-day Iraq. So this is from the city of Jerusalem to the country of Iraq. Obviously, it wasn't Iraq back then. But it's a 500-mile journey. So you can imagine getting your city taken over, knowing that you're being turned into slaves, and then marching 500 miles to go into another country where you, that you don't know anything of, that all you know is that you're going to be a slave there. So very dark time in Israel's history. And Babylon represents many things. Babylon was actually originally the city of Babel. So 1,500 years earlier, 
was the city of Babel. The city of Babel was the city where the Tower of Babel was built 1,500 years before this moment. And you know the story. God confuses the languages, and everybody went their own way. So that's actually the word Babel means confusion, and that's where the word Babylon comes from. It means confusion. And so the Israelites, because they had stopped trusting in God, they actually went into confusion, and they were taken into the land of confusion. And any area of our lives that we don't trust God in is an open door for confusion. It invites confusion in, in the areas of our life that we don't trust the Lord in. So Babylon also represents slavery, and it symbolizes the worldly system that's opposed to God. So today, there are portions of our culture that are very opposed to God. But we need to be careful because there's also portions of our culture that are not opposed to God. Amen? Like, take our church, for instance. This is a a culture in its own, and there are many churches. There's tens of thousands of churches in the United States. So there are many places in the earth and in the United States where people are not opposed to God, even though that we do have portions of our culture, especially the ones that are kind of out in, in the media and in the forefront that are very opposed to God. So we just need to be careful and not put things into the atmosphere like, God is going to judge America. This culture is a lost cause. This world's going to hell. We got to be careful not to put those things into the atmosphere. How many know that God loves America? God loves America. God has a plan for America. Do you know that there's 80 million Christians in America? 80 million people have said, yes, I'm a Christian in America. And I think of the story of Sodom when Abraham asked God if he would spare the city if there's 50 righteous people found. And God says, I'll not destroy the city for the sake of the 50. And Abraham gets him down. Well, what if there's only this many? What if there's only this many? And he goes all the way down to 10. He's like, God, what if there's only 10 righteous? And he says, I'll not destroy the city on behalf of 10 righteous people in the city. I'll not destroy it. And this is in an old covenant. And that's, he stopped at 10. I always wonder, like, what if he went down lower? Like, would God have spared the city? Maybe God have, would have spared the city if there were just one righteous. You know, he just stopped every time he's asking. He's like, God, I'm so sorry, but please, like, let me just ask one more. Like, what if there's only this, you know? But I'm always, I've always wondered about that. Also, did you know that 90% of world missions giving comes from America? of world's missions giving comes from America. So that means 90% of the people who are in other countries all around the world doing mission work, 90% of them are funded by the United States. Did you know that? How many think God has an interest, a vested interest in America? 80 million Christians and 90% of world missions funded by America. But we're in a time where a lot of the culture that we live in is opposed to God. And it's opposed to biblical values. And I want you to know that for the most part, these people aren't evil. They're just confused. They're just confused. 
Because in the areas that we don't trust God, there are open doors for confusion. So if we don't have God in our life, we have an open door for a lot of confusion. But it's good to know that the, the people in our culture that are maybe pushing things that are anti-God and anti-what uh, we stand for, it's not that necessarily that they're evil in most cases. It's that they're, they're confused. They think they're actually doing something good. So the story that I want to highlight in Daniel today is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, these were not their given Hebrew names. These were the names given to them by the Babylonians. Their Hebrew names are actually Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were renamed by the Babylonians when they came into captivity. So how many know the enemy wants to rename you? The enemy wants to redefine who you are. The enemy wants to try to redefine how God has defined you. We see a lot of that in our culture, that gender is trying to be redefined. Um, masculinity is trying to be redefined. Femininity. And it's this confusion. So listen to this. This is what Hananiah's name means. It means beloved of the Lord, and Yahweh has been gracious. This is what Hananiah means. And he was renamed to Shadrach, which means servant of sin. Mishael, his name means who is like God. His, like, his very name is like, is like who is like God. It's like his very name is like an, it's like an expression of like being awe of God. Like, wow, who is like God? His name was changed to servant of Ishtar, which was one of their false gods. Azariah, his name meant the Lord is my help, was renamed to Abednego, which means servant of Nego, another false god. So can you see how they had these amazing names, like God has been gracious, who is like God, the Lord is my help, and all of these names is like in awe of God, independence of God, and it's like the, enemy, the attack of the enemy was like, no, you're a servant of sin, you're serving false gods, you, are this, you depend on other things other than God. So this is the kind of attack on our identity that the enemy is bringing. He wants to give you a new name. The enemy wants to take us into captivity and into the land of confusion, and he wants to give us new names, and he wants to give us names that war against our true identity. So God calls you son. The enemy wants to call you orphan. God calls you dearly beloved child. The enemy wants to rename you unloved. God calls you chosen and important. The enemy wants to call you ignored and unimportant. God calls you redeemed and free of shame, and the enemy wants to call you guilty and shameful. Let's just take a laugh break. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Jesus, thank you, Lord. The enemy wants to rename you. He wants to redefine who God says you are. Because he knows he doesn't have any power without your agreement. So if he can convince you that you are unloved, then it has power in your life, even though it's not true. So the enemy is after your identity. He's after your name. He wants to rename you. And we see this in culture. They're trying to redefine things. And 
Help us, Lord. So Nebuchadnezzar creates this statue of himself. It was 60 cubits high and six cubits wide. Now that's 90 feet by nine feet in American. 90 feet by nine feet. So can you imagine the oppression on this land? Like you just walk out the door and there's this huge statue, 90 feet tall. And there's a rule in the land that's like, whenever you hear the music play, you have to worship this statue. And if you don't, you'll be immediately killed. Imagine living in this kind of oppression. And it's interesting that it's 60 cubits by 6 cubits wide. Because 6 is the number of man. It's like worship man. So the king orders everyone to worship the statue of himself. But Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they won't bow down. I'm using their Hebrew names. Hananiah, I, I actually was, I'm kind of confused why we always use their Babylonian names. Their names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they won't bow down. So I'm going to read Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to read just a few verses, verses 13 through 15. King Nebuchadnezzar hears that they won't bow down, and it says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. And this stood out to me, and he says, and what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? Yeah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? I just, I'm going to go off on just a tangent. I feel like I'm supposed to. I feel like that's actually a great question. He's asking a question. And I believe that God's, I saw this picture on Saturday where I saw like a picture of like Saul. You know that story with Saul where he's chasing after David, he's trying to kill David, and he's sending people after David, and they, they like get hit like by the Holy Spirit, and they start prophesying. And then he goes after David, and he gets hit by the Holy Spirit and starts prophesying. And I saw this picture of like, God is going to be encountering people with his glory. And I specifically saw it in the political realm, people that are anti-God, anti-biblical values, that are making statements like this, that they're going to get hit with God's glory. And they're going to like come out of like a haze and be like, I don't know what I was thinking. Remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He like, God humbles him and becomes like a beast. And then he finally comes out of that daze and he's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Like God is God. There's no other gods. It's, it's, it's just God. It's just Jehovah. And I, I feel like in that, in that uh, prayer time on Saturday, I saw this happening with people all over our culture. But specifically, I, I felt like I was seeing it in the political realm with people that are, again, they're, they're just confused. And they're going to, like, God's going to hit them, 
and they're going to come out of that dazed and be like, whoa, what was I thinking? Like, has that ever happened to you? That's happened to me. It's like I lived a lot of my life away from the Lord, and it, we didn't give, I didn't give my heart to the Lord until I was about, I mean, I did when I was like 12, but didn't start serving the Lord until I was about 26, 27. And I remember as God started to change my life, there was things that shifted in my belief systems and what, how I perceived things, and I was like, how did I used to think that way? Like, that, that makes no sense that I would think that way before. And so that's what happens in the glory realm. And we see pictures in the scripture, like Nebuchadnezzar, like Saul, where God's glory hits people who are on the wrong path. They're actually anti-God. They're going against, hit the grain where he's going, and the glory comes and hits them. So we need to pray for our leaders, amen? We need to pray for God's glory to hit people, not just the ones that we vote for, but we need to pray for all of our leaders, like, God, get them. God loves all of our leaders, amen? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, where was it? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him. I love this. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Not going to bow down to your idols. You guys, uh, people remember that one. <laughs> we won't bow, oh no. It's very 80s. It's a rest, rest half, I think. Yeah. <laughs> not going to bow down to your idols. We won't bow down, no, no. Okay. I believe in this day and the time that we're living in right now, first of all, all of us are here for a reason. God put us, we're alive in this moment, in this hour for a reason, and you have all that you need. You're equipped for this hour. And I believe in this day, God is imparting great courage to his people. He's imparting. God's so good. He, like, gives us, like, Bible talks about he gives us faith. Like, he actually gives us the faith to believe in him. And I believe he's giving us courage in this hour, and courage attracts his glory. So it's like, I'm going to give you the courage that attracts my glory. Isn't that just like God? He's, like, just is giving us what we need to be successful. Because I believe courage attracts God's glory. So these three men, they're thrown into the furnace. And we know it was so hot that the guys who threw them in died as they were throwing them in. And then Nebuchadnezzar looks and he's like, wait a minute. He's probably having a moment. It's like, wasn't it three guys we threw thrown in the fire? There's, there's a fourth guy there now. And, and by the way, they're not getting burned. The guys that threw them in died but they're fine. They're walking around. It's probably having a revelation. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I might be on the wrong side of things. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's going to happen with this God encountering people with his glory. Like, uh-oh, man, I've been thinking the wrong way. He orders to bring them out, and they're completely unharmed. They don't even smell like smoke. 
They don't even smell like smoke. I believe that in that moment when they were thrown into the fire, the glory of the Lord touched earth in the form of Jesus Christ. He says, why is there a fourth guy in there and the fourth person looks like the son of God? Think of this. He has no grid for that. It's like the fourth person in the flames looks like the son of God. I believe the glory of the Lord showed up in that moment in the form of Jesus. Now, it's, I'm not trying to make a theological statement whether it's Jesus or not. It was either Jesus or it was some form of his glory appearing in the form of a man. And I believe it was Jesus. It doesn't really matter. God's glory came and touched the earth. When they had that, the courage that attracted his glory, it's like, boom, his glory showed up right in the fire with them. And I believe this is what's going to happen in this day that we're in is we're going to step out in courage, and God's glory is going to show up. It's like there was no longer three, there was four. So as you step out in, into courage, God's glory is going to show up where there's no longer one, there's two. Marriages, you're going to step out into, the, into courage in your marriage and, and desire something more, and there's no longer two, there's three. It's like God shows up in those moments with his glory. And, his, and the courage attracts the glory. So we often picture the glory coming or Jesus coming into a sanctified or a holy place. But here we see the glory coming into a godless pagan city in the midst of a furnace. It's like glory of the Lord, boom, right in the middle of It'd be like the glory of the Lord showing up in like the middle of like the Taliban. Like, boom, there's the glory. Like, it's not always going to come in the places that we expect it to. I believe that God's glory is actually increasing. It's increasing in the earth, and it's going to start showing up. Excuse me, it's going to start showing up. In unusual places. It's going to start showing up in people that don't have a grid for it. That we may not expect like, oh God, why would you ever hit that person with your glory? Ha ha ha. (laughs) I believe it's coming in unusual places. It's interesting. Chris Vallotton talks about, he's like, I've heard the audible voice of God twice. Both times were before I was saved. Since he's been saved, he's not, not heard the audible voice of God. As the two times he heard was before he was saved. So King Nebuchadnezzar changes his tune. God used three men to bring his glory into a pagan nation. And that changed the nation. And Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they actually are promoted. So they go from death sentence on death row, death penalty, to promoted. Like, we're actually going to promote you guys into higher places. In this case, courage was a catalyst for God's glory to show up. If they had not stepped out in courage, it would not have... uh, would not have left room for God's glory to show up. 
So I believe that God has actually given you the courage in this day, and it attracts his glory. And just like they changed a nation, and it looked like a death sentence, and it turned into a promotion, things like this are going to happen. And, it's, and things like this, I believe, are going to happen amongst us. Like where it looks like things are bad, and we step out into courage, and God's glory shows up, and it actually turns into something good. Amen. All right. Um, I'm going to stop right there. I want to leave room for, I want to leave time for the, uh, the fire tunnel. So yesterday, as we were just praying together, we went from like laughing and like we're encountering God's glory and, and like joy to like laying on the floor and experiencing his glory. And we're just all laid out. And I felt like, I felt like uh, the Lord was just saying like, the church needs this, like what you guys are experiencing right now. And so I was just like, are we supposed to like, like do a fire tunnel tomorrow? And I felt like the Lord was like, yeah. So I asked, I asked the uh, intercessory prayer team to be, my, to be my fire tunnel people. So go ahead and come on up. And, uh, <clears throat> and we're going to get ready for that. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I just want you to just close your eyes for a moment before we get we line up. I just feel like just reminding you that of what I said earlier, that it's not wrong to want more. It's not wrong to want more. God wants to encounter you with his glory today. God wants to encounter you with his joy today. And if you've never done a fire tunnel, it's, it's just to demystify it. It's just, it's just a pe- these people are going to pray for you. We're going we're gonna to walk through a little. We form a little tunnel. And as you go through, people will pray for you. And, but I want you, to, I want you to come expectant. I specifically felt like God's moving depression out of the way today. And anything associated with depression, I felt like in worship, I was just asking the Lord, like, you know, what do you want to do today in this? And I, I feel like he said depression and things around depression. So some of you may have like this sadness that's like hanging on. Now, sadness is normal. Um, grieving is normal. And we want to grieve. And sadness is normal in moments where we go through hard things and, we, and we're sad. But I'm not, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you feel like you've grieved. You feel like you've done that. But it's like this sadness thing is like holding on. And it's like it won't let go. And so you're not even sure anymore if it's like sadness or depression. But I feel like. That's going to move today. I feel like for some, you're going to encounter joy for the first time. And I want you to come and expect, just like I, I do believe there's power in expectation. I, do, I was kind of like watching for Chuck. I was like, I'm going to get something for, from Chuck today. And I do believe there's something to that. So I want you to come in expectation. Um, go ahead and you can get up and we can start lining up. We usually come around this side and we're going to walk through the middle. And could you get Pastor Joy... Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to have her come up as well, and I'm going to jump down. Do we have some music, Brandon? Yeah, so Jesus, we just ask for your joy to crash into us today. 
glory, 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 glory. More, Lord. The glory of the Lord is in this place. And we just ask for more, Lord. We're bold enough to ask for more. We're bold enough to come boldly before the throne of grace and ask for your glory to crash into us. So we just ask for more today, Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.